Welcome to episode 230 of the Food BizWiz podcast. This is our first original recipe episode of the year and of season 20, so I'm so excited to share it. If we haven't met yet, my name is Gabby, and I'm the Student Success Coordinator here at Retail Ready and Food BizWiz. That means that I get to support students in our private student community and get a firsthand look at what questions are on CPG founders' minds right now. In this series, I get to choose timely episodes to revisit from our collection of over 200 episodes. Now, we're revisiting episode 79, titled Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion in the Natural Products Industry, an interview with Cheryl Lachlan of the Jedi Collaborative. At the time of this new episode's publishing, episode 230, we are entering February, which marks Black History and Petrie's Month. Now, celebrating and uplifting Black and Indigenous peoples and people of color's histories, as well as supporting their futures, should be a continual practice. Still, this episode is especially relevant to continue to support Black futures in this month and beyond. Black founders make up a disproportionately small portion of business owners and an even smaller portion of CPG founders. We can change our industry into one that reflects all of us and all of our beautiful stories, but it starts with taking a first step. So in this episode, Cheryl and Ali's conversation shares more on what the first steps in taking that Jedi journey might look like for you or for your brand, why aligning our values with our actions is key to the future of our industry, our companies, and our well-being, and why this work is important even for small businesses who might only have one or two folks. So this is just a small part of what you'll hear in the rest of this episode. So without further ado, let's get started. I'm Allie Ball, former grocery buyer and retail store manager turned wholesale consultant. In my role on the retail floor, I saw delicious, values-driven brands fail on our shelves simply because they didn't understand the behind the scenes of wholesale. I created the Food Biz Whiz podcast to give you hard-to-access insight from my career in the food industry and the tools and strategies to help you succeed on retail shelves. If you're a committed food founder who's looking to create and grow a packaged products business that positively impacts our food system, puts wealth back into your own hands, and employs members of your local community, you have found the right podcast. Let's do this. This episode is brought to you by Retail Ready, our online course for producers of packaged product who are looking to grow your wholesale accounts. Through videos, workbooks, checklists, templates, live Q&A calls, and daily access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts, whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms. The first step to find out more about Retail Ready is to join my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food business, which I'll link right here in the show notes. That hour-long webinar is jam-packed with advice that you can use to kickstart your growth right now, no matter what year of business you're in, plus information on Retail Ready, on my past clients, and how we can work together. Even if you have zero intention of joining us inside of Retail Ready, you will still learn a ton from this class, like my behind the scenes advice from my time as a grocery buyer, including exactly what to not do as you're pitching to new accounts. Sign up via the link in my show notes, and I'll see you there. Welcome, Cheryl. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Oh, so happy to be here, Ellie. Thanks so much for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. So Cheryl, as I mentioned in the intro, 
you have done a ton in the natural products industry. I, I just rattled off a list of some of the positions that you've held over the past decade and beyond. And I know that your depth of experience in our industry has has led you to where you are today as co-founder of the Jedi Collaborative and the Women on Boards Project. So Cheryl, I know that we could do, I'm saying we could do a whole podcast season around the lessons that you have learned in your past roles. Yeah, but it shows that I've been around for a long time. <laughs> but I today let's let's focus on your current work. I feel like that is what is most relevant. So I want to jump right into it. What is the Jedi Collaborative? Yeah, well, let me start by just saying really what our vision is. And just so you know, we started the Jedi Collaborative, started working on this in um, 2018. Mm. So. It's interesting to see where this is all about. We just actually launched at the beginning of this year, and then the events that you were referring to happened a little bit later than that. Yeah. And so, you know, I feel really lucky that we were in a place where we're really being able to support the industry as there really is this awakening, if you will, that something has to be done. As you said, it's a long time in coming. But let's, you know, let's take it from here. And so really, let me step back to say, first of all, what our vision is for the Jedi Collaborative. And it's really to see a world where food, beverages, supplements, and other natural products are a source of nourishment, health, and wellness for everyone. Not a source of injustice, inaccessibility, or racial disparities in health incomes. We need to understand, and I think we do as a natural products industry, this is our role to support support people with nourishment, health, and wellness. And we can't just do it for some people. We need to do it for all people to really accomplish our mission as an industry. That's why we're here. And so what the Jedi Collaborative is, it's really a platform, if if you will, including tools, education, and programming to transform the culture and systems of the natural products industry and fundamentally shift the opportunity calculus for BIPOC, Black, Indigenous people and people of color, leadership and entrepreneurs, BIPOC retailers and consumers, and the worldwide BIPOC community that supports our industry. Think of all our growers, et cetera, worldwide. Mm -hmm. And what is so critical in this besides just being the right thing to do, is that all talent belongs and add values and all companies get stronger and better. What is so critical to understand is when we're cutting out most of the consumers, where we're cutting out so much of of the talent that's out there, we all lose. This industry will get better for everyone. All boats will rise by, by taking on this effort. Yes, I'm so glad that I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that you, you know, co-founded the Jedi Collaborative and I'm so glad that we are having this conversation. It it does feel like it's about time and I didn't realize that you guys started in 2018. That's that's a while ago. 3 years ago. Yeah, it has been 3 years, haven't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well we really, you know, it's interesting because we uh, we had spent so much time as a group, and I, I'm referring to this group called OSC, which stands for um, One Step Beyond a Sustainable Community. 
And this is a group of CEOs that really wanted to make sure that we were pursuing a future that is a truly regenerative future. Yet a lot of our work was focused on the the environment. Mm. And what we started to say at that time is, well, wait a minute, we can't just focus on the environment. This with humans are part of nature. And to ignore the human side of it, we can't fully support the environment. We have to do this all. And so that's really what kicked it off. And then the more we learned and the more work we did, the more we started to say, wait a minute, there is a humongous amount of work that needs to be done to shift this industry in this direction. So this became a real critical focus for us going forward. Mm, that makes sense. I can see how that that piece is connected with your journey, really starting with these brands who wanted to create this regenerative regenerative uh, environment this in this industry. And then you realize the people piece is missing entirely. Yeah. I mean, this is just, you know, we could go out, which we won't in terms of the, the, the history and how we've really siloed life. I mean, that is part of, one of the biggest parts of the problem that we're still seeing now in terms of the fragmentation of the way we see the world, how we see the world in silos. And we have to start thinking more holistically in order to truly create change. You know, and our, our planet is on the verge of potential destruction and humans go along with it and humans are the ones that are pausing it or can make it better. So all of this is so critical for this, for the future of where we go. Yeah, absolutely. So I know when, when a brand, when a company decides to engage with the Jedi Collaborative, they embark on the Jedi journey. Can we talk about that? What, what is this? What is the Jedi journey? Yeah, you know, and it's funny because I, it's so hard with this work because what where what so many people ask for is make it make this simple for me. How do we do it? And it's understandable because look at it as busy CEOs and companies, there's a million things coming at you all of the time. And so it's really easy to want to have, you know, here, how can I check the box and get it done and yeah. fix this? We like to fix things. But the Jedi journey, and I'll explain what it is in a moment as you said, for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's going to take a lot of resilience and hard work and long-term work in order to change this. So I'm hesitating even to say like that there's steps on a Jedi journey because it makes it sound like it's simple and easy and it's not. These steps are some general principles to help to move, to help companies and leaders and, and teams to get started on the journey and to continue build on the journey. Okay. Let's let's talk about these steps. Let's talk about what these steps are. And by the way, you can find these steps on the Jedi, J-E-D-I collaborative.com under where it says take action or how it works. Sorry. I'll link, I'll link that directly in our show notes for people who want to take the pledge, who are like, listen to this episode and are like, yes, Cheryl. Yes, Allie. I'm so on board. Sign me up. Um, I'll link that right in our show notes. So yeah, let's talk. Let's talk through these steps, knowing with the big disclaimer that this is ever 
this is ongoing work, right? It, it is not a checklist that you get through, you get a certificate and you are now a Jedi, right? This is ongoing work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Thank you. So here's the steps. There's 10 steps. So the first one is to engage leadership. Mm -hmm. And yes, the whole company needs to be engaged, but engaging leadership to drive this is so critical because it has shown time and time again that when leadership is involved, there will be a long-term sustained commitment to the work. And I, you know, I want to say to everyone who's leaders out there, and especially CEOs of the company, Jedi work is is it's hard work. Yeah. And yeah. it's not just work for you as a leader of leading your company. It means to be truly authentic in this journey and do a good job at leading this journey. It takes a lot of personal Jedi work as well. So that's important to understand is. It's we need to understand where our own biases are. Uh, um, and those biases aren't anyone's anyone's fault per se. It's because we have lived in a certain paradigm. And to change that paradigm requires a lot of personal work. So getting the leadership involved is it's getting the personal as well as the company leadership side moving forward. Yeah. Oh, I hear you on that. And so I I and one of my business mentors has always said to me, Allie, your business growth cannot outpace your personal growth. And oh, I, yeah. I hear you saying this, Cheryl, right? Like we've put in a lot of DEI work in my company this past year. And it, I'm going to tell you, it has been hard. It's been really hard. Um, so I, gosh, I, I'm so glad you started with that, like getting the leadership involved. And if you are a leader who is listening, know that it is, it's, it's deep work. It's hard work, but at the end of the day, it's, it's fulfilling as well. And Absolutely. And I'd like to address, I was glad you brought that up because I, after we go through the journey steps, I just want to also share some considerations while you're engaging in this work, mm -hmm. because you brought up a really important one being that it's hard, it's messy, and it's personal. And we we have to walk into the mess. We can't be afraid. We have to have the courage, be courageous leaders, talking about this stuff, making mistakes, allowing other people to make mistakes. Yeah. And also, importantly, create a forum where everyone feels safe to be able to talk about this. That's the only way it's going to get better is to be able to talk about it. Yeah, so we'll come back to that because I, I do want to I do want to talk more about that later. So so, but Cheryl, just to clarify, you were saying like for my listeners who might not be in leadership roles, maybe they are on the production side of a business or they are in um, an administrative role in the food industry. You were telling them to literally like ask their boss, ask their company founders or manager to take on this work, right? Absolutely. And then become part of it. And I'll explain those in the other steps. But yes, you know, this is the thing about this time that I'm hoping that we do, even though it's been so long in coming, is that people take advantage of this moment of awakening and say, and be, being able to go to the leadership and say, look at, here's all the evidence as to why we need it. It's, 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 critical to the growth of our industry. It is critical to the growth of our company. 
It is, it is, we're seeing it shaped in the growth and how do we grow America and democracy to be better? Yes. The same is true for our industry. And I give you just some evidence to go in with, with that, uh, with, with that discussion, which is we see, you know, I'll talk on an industry basis, but the natural products industry has been the industry where growth has been through the roof. But growth is slowing. Uh, and why? It is, again, because we have left out everyone besides a small percentage of the population in terms of consumers that are out there, as well as the talent that's out there. So what do you do? We know as entrepreneurs, when you see that there's that there's a narrow focus and that there's huge amount of opportunity out there, we turn our attention to where the opportunity is. This yeah. is take away again. If you want to take away, this is the right thing to do, which it is. Um, and it's the mission of our industry, regardless of that, for business growth, for companies to thrive in the future. We have to do this. It, it, soon, the majority of this country will be people of color. If we're not switching how we do things, we will not survive this company. Oh. I'm so happy that I'm so happy we're going off script a little bit. And I will tell you, Cheryl, like you and I have talked about this offline, but when I became more vocal in my values, when I updated my website to show where I stand, when I started talking about systemic racism in the food industry on my social media feeds, you know, I certainly got unfollowers and (laughs) unsubscribes and people telling me not to do that. But that was such a small number compared to the audience that I attracted and the audience that came on board with me who, I mean, I'll just say who invested in Retail Ready because they found a safe space where they could be. Um, I think it's important to acknowledge that, yes, we may alienate a part of the population when we show our values, but the... As you're saying it, I think, Cheryl, the the community that you attract as a result is going to be bigger and more forceful than those that you alienate. Yeah, but look, at we, we have excluded so many people from this industry. And, and even people actually that are in the industry, but we just they have not even acknowledged that they're part of the industry. Maybe they're not buying a booth at Expo, so they're not considered in our industry. We have got to change the way we look at it. So we've been excluding so many people. And so if there's some people that don't like that we're going to be more inclusive, uh, you know what? That, 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 then those are people whose companies are not going to be growing in the future. Yeah. So it's like, wh- where, is, where is this going? What do we need to do to build a better, better companies and better industry? This is about getting better. And I, you know, I think if there's people that don't, everyone's welcome to have their own opinion. But my my fear for those people is that they're missing out on actually strengthening themselves and their companies. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that was step number one. (laughs) Tell me. Look at this. We need like a five hour. (laughs) Exactly. Tell me step number two. Okay. So step number two is is truly really important is to design a supportive infrastructure and starting with that is to create a committee. So what I mean by that is that 
It can't just be the CEO alone right, doing this. It has got to be the company involved. But depending on the size of the company, if you have a company that's, you know, 10 or more people, there's got to be a way to make it so that there's there's some ability to um, not have to move forward everyone all at once at the same time, because then it's going to get slowed down. How do we smooth this out so it can go faster? And so this first place to start is to create a, a Jedi committee. And that's exactly what we did at Rebel, where we had one person from each department, at least as a representative on the Jedi committee. So that way, that committee is able to start to learn the principles and start to build some of the next steps that I will share. And then making sure as they as we go along, as you'll see from the steps, that the company is coming along with it and able to provide input and in shaping it. But you need a small group at least to be doing some of the hardcore work so that you're you don't have to wait for the entire group mm. to be doing all of the work together. And some of that is basically just writing some things for people to react to, but at least you have somebody who's doing that. Yeah. And I like that getting, you know, at least the, getting one person from each department, it really helps disseminate the information and then make sure that, that those company values and the company culture is uh, practiced in, in each department. That's exactly right. And there's, I'm glad you brought that up too. That also that committee structure, again, how we did it at Rebel is, in between when the committee was meeting and before we we were going forward to the whole company for whatever reason we hadn't had a meeting yet those those individuals could be the leaders to go back to their individual departments yeah help bring them up to speak quickly on what's happening and importantly get some feedback to take back to the committee so again everybody's involved but in an efficient way yep i love that that makes so much sense to me so that takes to the next. So we had engaged leadership, develop the supportive infrastructure. Step three is establishing a shared understanding of Jedi. And that means for the whole company. Mm-hmm. And if people go on to, to JediCollaborative.com, we had a whole series of webinars that are really good that we, that we did with our um, founding consultants called the Advarna Group that are really good on what does a Jedi journey mean? Why you engage in, je- in a Jedi journey? How to engage in a Jedi journey? So I really encourage people to go to those tools because they're free. They're there. You don't want to hire someone necessarily to do that. And in addition, we have ex- we have suggestions of people that you can hire to extend that work. Perfect. So establishing a shared understanding of Jedi with the company. Yep, that makes total sense to me. Step number four, and this is really important, is to craft your Jedi statement. And what I mean by that is a statement of why Jedi is important to the whole company. And so what I want to encourage people to understand is Jedi is not a side job. Hmm. I'm going to repeat that. Jedi is not a side job. It is essential to the entire culture of of the company. It is a shift. It's really encouraging a shift in paradigm so that in the future, honestly, you don't need a Jedi journey because it is part of what you do. 
So one of Gemini's vision statement helps be able to make clear to the company is why is it so important? How is it um, foundational to every single thing every one of us does in our job every single day? Cheryl, can I ask a question here? Mm -hmm. So I imagine there might be some listeners who are like, okay, cool. Yes, I agree with the importance of this, but I am a solopreneur or maybe I have one employee. I make lemonade and I sell it at six farmers markets and in some regional independent stores. Like why? How, I was gonna say, how and why is this important? Like we're just two people. We're just selling you know, $50,000 of lemonade each year. Like, you know, this seems, this seems like we're not big enough to do this work. I love that question. Um, when I was the executive director at the uh, Center for Entrepreneurial Studies over the, at the Stanford School of Business, I was advising entrepreneurs all the time yeah. on starting their companies. And the beauty of starting a company and being in that stage is you're setting the foundation for the future. So when you have one person, just one person, you are starting to create culture. And what happens with a lot of organizations as they're starting and they're growing is people just say, oh, it's a couple of us. We don't even have to worry about culture. Why, why would we think about that now? It's because you, the minute you open your mouth and start something, you're creating culture. And that culture becomes embedded into everything you, they do, you do. And as more people come in, the more they pick up on that. And that becomes how things go forward. The more deliberate you can be and um, conscious you could be at shaping that. Yeah. About including having Jedi be at the face of that, that will change everything about how you approach the world in the future. Mm. And I think it's important to remember that our customers don't know how big our companies are. And it's That's really, great. they don't, they might not know it's a single person or it's two people. You, if you have a, a digital presence, you are, you know, reaching tens of thousands, if not right. hundreds of thousands of people, right? Like it's no longer you in a silo in your little town of 10,000 people, right? Absolutely. And that's, thank you for, for saying that because that is part of culture. I think when people think of culture, they think, oh, it's just what happens inside. Mm. Great companies, the culture that's inside is the culture that comes on the outside yeah. because you are expressing yourself, your authenticity as you talk to the world. So what you do inside and how you shape that is everything because it influences everything about your brand. Gotcha. Yep. I love that. Perfectly said. Okay. I think we're on, I think we're on step five. Step five. So step five is identifying your commitments. And what I, again, this is, you could go right to the Jedi collaborative.com and how it works. And it will show you what the commitments are. In, in a nutshell, um, with what people think of when they think of a Jedi uh, uh, initiative, a lot of times think of it, people think of it as actually what's been called DEI as an HR initiative. Right. This is not an HR initiative. This is a company initiative. So when what I mean by that is we we encourage people to make commitments and not only commitments, take action 
because the commitments are just, they don't mean anything if you're not taking action. In three general buckets, we call them the three C's, consumer, company culture, and community. Let me just explain those briefly. Consumer. So as you're as you're moving to is you're moving to a a, a Jedi commitment in your company, what you're wanting to make sure, as we talked about earlier, is that you're not just segmenting a small segment of the population, that you're being inclusive in who you're talking to. And that requires not just okay, well, we're going to change a little bit in um, the faces of the people we include in social media. That's absolutely inauthentic, and that is not going to expand in and of itself um, the the attraction that people have. People can see right through that. People can see right through that. We have to change the what products that we're putting out there, and they need to come from, you know, in a, come in an authentic way. Mm-hmm. We need to change how we're talking to people. We have to change um, how we're doing focus groups. We have to change every. We have to take the bias out of the questions that we have in focus groups. It's everything about the consumer, how we think of the consumer, and that needs to as we take on this work. So that's one bucket: consumer, yep. company culture. You know, everything. This is more what typically think of people think of, but everything from how you recruit, who you recruit. What uh, are you, how are you creating a sense of inclusion and a belonging? How are you changing your leadership? What does your board look like? All of that kind of stuff. Two communities. And when we say communities, what we're talking about is people who are your growers out throughout the world. How are they being treated? Uh, you can't have a company that's focused on justice if there's people that are helping to build the company that are not uh, treated with justice and help to uplift their livelihood. Not only that, but also who are the solutions partners that we're using, everything from advertising to who we're co-packing with to who are the legal firms we're we're working with. And if you go on jumpacollaborative.com, for example, we have under each of these three C's, we have strategies to think about. We have tactics to think about, and also service solutions partners that can help you to develop to to further that that work. Yeah, so, and so this is yeah. this is really where I hear you saying like it's deep work. This is yeah. it is looking in every corner of your business and really unpacking you know potentially years, decades of of foundations that you put in place for your brand. Uh, it's so beautifully said, and and that's what's so important is a lot of times what we're doing things is, well, I'm going to do this because I know this person, um, or some so-and-so in the company has recommended that, this person. This is not to say that that goes away. Those are important networks. But what it is to say is we have left out all of this talent that it could help to make our companies stronger and better and provides a, a, a diverse perspective. So we're not just falling into the same mindset. We all know these your entrepreneurs that are listening, innovation is the basis of entrepreneurship. Where does innovation come from? Study after study, it comes from the diversity of th- thinking and seeing things in a new way. So if we're not welcoming more people into our tent, 
and helping them to feel like they belong, we are missing out on making our companies better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very well, very well put, Cheryl. I oh, I feel you on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm saying this from so much experience in doing it wrong. So I'm not, I'm coming to this saying I'm learning too, and I'm screwing up constantly with this work. But I know, I believe this is an industry I care about so much and entrepreneurs that I care about so much. Unless we do this again, we're not going to thrive as an industry and as companies in the future. That's why I'm so, so adamant about that we need to create change. Yeah. And Cheryl, I'll just say this for my listeners because obviously they can't they can't see us as we record this, but you are a white woman who is right. committed to this. And and I think that, you know, obviously I am a white woman as well. And I and I think it's important to recognize that as I'm gonna say two things here. One, as white people uh, who have influence in our industry, it is crucial that we use our power to spread this message. Um, we ha- we have such a platform and it is our obligation to use it in, in this way. And then secondly, I'll say that, I mean, we've talked about this a bit and we'll talk about it more, but it's, it's hard work, right? Like it requires a... A, a sense of vulnerability to do this work and an acknowledgement that we as white women, as white men, you know, what whatever, are going to mess up. We're going to say the wrong things. We're going to get called out. We're going to have our community who's angry at us. We're going to have unfollowers and unsubscribers. And that's okay, right? Oh, that, hard. That's right. I, it, it, I agree completely. And what you know, I think some of the fear that I hear that comes out is, oh, my God, what's going to happen to me? If I support this work, am I going to lose my place? And that's scary. And at the same time, I think we just need to completely rethink our approach to this, which is that, again, the more people that we include the stronger we're all going to be. Our companies get bigger, they get stronger, and then there's going to be much more opportunity for everybody. I, you know, I, some of this, I, and I think about the structures that we put in place and some of the work what they do on women on boards where the boards are so small and mostly a lot of times made up of investors who are white. And when, we say, hey, wait a minute, we've got to get more diversity on these boards, got to get more independence on these boards because they're going to help the companies to be stronger. People are like, well, but we only have X many seats. We have to start asking ourselves, why? For what purpose? Why are we putting that rule in place versus the benefit of having more people included that will help us to think better and be better? So this is challenging us to rethink these old structures that we put in place that are just based on old beliefs or false beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. One of the questions that I get so often in Retail Ready is how should brands respond publicly to current events, right? Like this really came out in, you know, late May, June, I mean, throughout the summer, throughout election season, people, my retail ready students were really torn on how, 
how to respond to events, what to say on their public social media profiles, like if they needed to update things on their website. Like, Cheryl, can you, I don't, I mean, this is a really big question, but can you say something to those brands who are wondering, like, should I, should I say something? Should I be public about this? Like, um, what about all the sales I potentially am going to lose if I, if I post about Black Lives Matters? Well, you know, first of all, I say it's up to, I, I, I can't tell people what to do. You know, they've, leaders and entrepreneurs need to do what they feel comfortable with. What I will say is there is more and more evidence, data, that supports the fact that you have to be vocal now, that there's, you know, there's so much that, so much um, transparency on the web that people are going, consumers are now looking to companies to say something. And if you don't say something, they are going to assume that you're meaning something by that. So it used to be, it's better, used to be better say anything. Then it was better to just say some things and not others. And now it's to the point where consumers are demanding, if you don't tell me, I'm going to force you or I'm going to guess, and I might guess wrong. Yeah. And again, this it's based on data. Well, now, why do you think there were all these companies that came out, actually, with everything that happened a couple of weeks ago at the Capitol? Huge companies came out and said, we do not support this. Why? Probably got a lot of, um, of feedback from their constituency. <laughs> and... Also, they finally said, we know that there is just an expectation that we will be saying something. So we've got to understand companies have big voices and big platforms and people expect us to use them and they will vote with their dollars. So you have to decide what are you going to speak about? What's important to you? What's authentic to your company and your message? Um, you don't want to just go uh, just talk about something that you don't feel like you have the ability to talk about um, and really has nothing to do with your work as a company, but know that that platform is important and it's, it's expected. People want to hear from you. Give you an example. Uh, ben and Jerry's, look at what they, and you know, look at how bold they are in the things that they say. And they, I was talking to this organization that has a lot of uh, data and, and um, social media, Ben and Jerry's, I might get, get these stats wrong. Ben and Jerry's has something like 95% of the chatter that's out there on social media is around Ben and Jerry's. They are a small companies compared to some of these other big ice cream companies. But where is the talk? It's on Ben and Jerry's. Some people are not liking it. A lot of people are loving it and want them to do more. But if you're going to get that much chatter about your company, believe me, that drives sales. <laughs> it totally does. You're totally right there. And I think, Cheryl, you, you are correct in saying that it has to feel it has to feel authentic to to the founder, especially if you're small, right? Like if you are a sole founder, uh, it has to feel aligned with your values, and you have to feel confident or courageous. In, in what you're saying, because people might ask questions. People might say, okay, great. Like, 
how are you living these values? What is your organization doing to change this? You know, you can't just post a black square on your Instagram profile and expect um, expect your community to think that you're all of a sudden, you know, doing the deep work, right? It's got to it's got to be followed with action. Oh my gosh, such an important point. I'm so sorry that I didn't say that. Yeah, you just making statements gets you nowhere. Yeah, you've got to support it with action. Absolutely, um, because it's 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 just not right. Then you're being un- inauthentic. You really just don't believe and know what things and how to that point. You what you feel comfortable talking about that again feels true. So, for example. I was asked just yesterday if I would talk about a a certain topic, which I think is an important topic, but I didn't feel like I was the right person to say, to to be the the person to speak to it for various reasons. Mm -hmm. So instead of me talking about it, I I said, here is a person who was within our organization that would be a better spokesperson to this issue. So you don't always have, it doesn't always have to be you. Find the right person to talk talk about it. In fact, honestly, there's a lot of times where I say, you know, instead of me being the spokesperson for Jedi Collaborative, one of our other founders is a better spokesperson for certain things about the Jedi Collaborative because it is through their learned, lived experience that they think could be true to it. And also, critically, we have to give this microphone to BIPOC people in our community. Yeah, It cannot just be me as a white woman who's talking all the time. I'd rather be sitting on the sidelines and having people that should be the people because they have the lived experience to talk about this stuff. So I can now support and I can help amplify, but we've got to get the right voices to the table talking about this. Oh, amen. That is that is powerful. I agree with you there. Okay, let's keep going here. Yeah, we didn't finish our list. We're no, I think we're on number seven. Set. I think we're on set. Oh, gosh. Okay, tell so me what we six. Said, <laughs> so we, actually, just to the point we were talking about, we said identify your commitments with five. So number six is develop your action. Mm, great. This matters if we're not taking action. And you know what? You're going to F up. Um, it will happen. But the point is, in anything, we've all learned this as entrepreneurs. Screwing up is a great way to get them on the right path, and we continue to evolve. So that's what the action is about, is starting to take action, learn, evolve, pivot, et cetera, but get going. Yes. That's an e- well, I was about to say that's an easy one, but it's you know, it's not easy, but that's that's a straightforward one. Yeah. Actually do the things that you say you are going to do. And remember, I want people to remember, Jedi is not a separate topic, a separate issue to be dealt with. When we're talking about taking action, we're talking about moving the whole company forward in a positive way. So again, I want to encourage people not to think about this. I got to do this side Jedi thing, and then I'll deal with my company. No, it is part of the action that you're taking to grow your company. Right. So Cheryl, it could be something like, um, we are sourcing new cardboard boxes. Mm-hmm. Let's let's figure out, I'll just say, an alternative to Uline knowing right. where they put their money. Like where Uline puts but, their money is not aligned where, you know, with my business values. So I'm going to find an alternative as I source my my master cases for my new 
product line. Totally. Right. Another example. That's a great example. Another example is our corporate, all the corporate documents that have been written, like from our handbooks to our interview uh, questions to our um, how who we're who we're working with in terms of helping us to find to uh, you know find roles. Mm-hmm. For example, recruiters. There's so much bias in there, and if we could take out the bias, we're actually going to be able to find more talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So that's why this work it it helps you to find better talent. It helps you to be able to find new consumers, et cetera. Yes. It is the work. It's not the separate work. It is the work. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. So number seven, create the Jedi key performance indicators. So KPIs. So it's just like when you're writing KPIs for your company. Same thing with Jedi. Again, this is the work. So how do you measure? Because we know once we measure it, then we can see how we progress and get better. Yes. So I love this. I did this work in my own business and it was, it was things like, um, you know, figuring out the voices we had in our industry expert calls within Retail Ready, figuring out who was coming on the podcast and who we were talking to and what messages we were sharing and really just looking, you know, looking at the numbers, right? Like last year, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but it was like, you know, 30% of our guests were female, 40% of our guests were BIPOC voices. Yeah. Like how could we in- how could we increase that percentage and make sure that we were inviting people to the table and that they, um, that, that they were saying yes, that we were creating an environment where they wanted right. to say yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, yeah. so we make our KPIs. And again, you can look at jicollaborative.com. I'll give you examples Perfect. Okay. So number eight, get expert and community support. You're, you know what, the reason why we started the Jedi Collaborative, yeah, there's some companies that were doing this kind of work. Um, So much needs to be improved in terms of how we had been approaching the work in the past. But the point is we are so much stronger as a community. We are an industry, an industry of Beautiful people that care deeply. I mean, that's the wonderful thing about the natural products industry. So let's not do this work alone, especially as small and medium-sized companies. We need to support each other. So, And there's many experts that can help us with that work. I will say one caveat, though. One thing is that has been, could be problematic in the future, is that if we just go to consultants and then say, okay, we're done with the work and leave. That does not sustain and regenerate the journey. We need to also be changing our organizations and evolving who who is the talent in our organization. So consultants can help us to get on the right path, but they're not the long-term solution. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I hired a consultant in for my company back in June and I've I'm still working with her we meet on Wednesday afternoons in a small group there's six of us business owners who get together and you know kind of work through these topics with with our with our leader and we so our our time together is just coming to a close and we've all committed to continuing it through 2021 simply for that accountability right yeah. that, that it's yeah. so it's so easy, Cheryl, to like to feel like to feel like I've gotten to a good place in my business, yes. right? Like I'm I've done a lot of work, and like you know I'm just gonna say it's like shouldn't I be done? And yeah. the answer is 
no. no. Like, hell no. I mean, I don't think I'm allowed to swear on this pod- podcast, but like, no, like it continues forever and ever and ever. Um, that's that's right. Because Very well said, because this is the work. This is shifting everything about the way we do our companies. That's long term. And that's actually, you just bring out what point number nine is inspiring, engage your whole team. And point number 10, exactly what you're talking about is review, renew, and be flexible. So this work, again, is long-term. We need to learn from each other. We need to be vulnerable. We need to support each other. And we're never done. Um, So to people that say, I've heard this before, like, ah, I'm tired of talking about Jedi. Oh, my gosh. We we have to keep going. Again, it's not a checkbox. It's a journey that's a long-term journey because it is changing holistically the paradigm of how we do companies in order to be able to gain growth and strength in an, in a uh, in a country that is changing demographically completely so the old school does not work if we don't recognize it again our companies will disappear so that's why it's so critical besides the fact that again our mission is in the industry i know every single person listening on, our, on your podcast right now is a deeply caring person so if we're if you're in this industry because you care about health and wellness, it needs to shift because that we're not accomplishing it in the way we're doing it now, just with a few people. Oh, yes, Cheryl, I love this so much, and I can't believe you you uh, fit in seven, eight, and nine. Step seven, eight, and nine, so so um, eloquently there. <laughs> Gosh, I do. I I got so wrapped up in this conversation. We didn't even break for a sponsor, which I feel I feel just great about Cheryl because <laughs> this conversation is important, and there's so much to be said. I, gosh, I, I truly feel like you and I could talk for another hour on this topic, and we would just be scratching the surface. So, totally. oh my gosh, totally, uh, Cheryl. Before I let you go, so like I said, we are going to put the links to the Jedi Collaborative directly in our show notes here for anybody listening who wants to engage on this journey, go directly to my show notes. You will find that there. I also will put the link to those free webinars. I think, I don't think I said this, but Cheryl, it's it's really incredible that you make those, or thank you for making those resources free, I, free and accessible to all. That's so, so important. And then Cheryl, before I let you go, I've got two questions for you. The first one being, I hear that you are hiring in the Jedi Collaborative. Can you talk about the position that you're hiring for? Yes, we are hiring our executive director. Thank you for asking me. You know, this has really been about uh, myself and my co-founders and uh, our team really creating this, but now it's a time to take it to the next level. And as we're actually introducing this initiative to the entire industry in 2021, uh, we want to make sure that we have the person to lead us forward in the future. And um, if you could share that with everybody, that would be great. The job description, we'd really love to get anyone's suggestions as to who the right person is to carry this forward, the really special person to carry this forward, that would be great. Yes, that sounds like such, obviously such an important role for the organization. And it sounds like a wonderful job opportunity for the right person. Yes, thank you for saying that. I I appreciate that. And I also want to encourage people to know we we are a nonprofit if we haven't made that clear. And so (laughs) 
for to really fuel this work, we would love to get, we already have a wonderful group of donors and just would really like to encourage people to think about, you know, how do you help to bring this board in an industry that you really care about is really helping to become a, a, a sponsor of this work. Amazing. Thank you for thank you for bringing that up. So if people want to make the commitment, if people want to find out about sponsorship opportunities, they want to pass along that job description or apply themselves, um, JediCollaborative.com, correct? Yes, they can go to JediCollaborative.com. And also you can send a note to one of my co-founders, Lara, L-A-R-A at O-S-C, O-S-C-2, the number two, Dot com for specific inquiries. And if you go to Jedi Collaborative, uh, there is a we have the job description listed there and it will also tell you um, where what the right place to go is to to put forward your resume and your cover letter or anyone that you think might be awesome for the job. Oh, I'm so excited to to find out who you hire and what they do for your organization. Right. But I'm I'm thrilled so for you. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It was it was really an honor to spend time with you. And I'm just so in awe of what you're doing and, and really appreciate um, you in our industry. Thank you very well, much. Well, thanks back to you for, for spreading the message. It's so important. It's people that, like you that will really make the difference because you have the megaphone. So oh, thank you. You're welcome. And okay, my whizzes, I'm going to thank you guys as well for listening in on this important conversation with Cheryl. So I hope that you're going to join me in signing the commitment to going on the Jedi journey, which I'll link, like I said, right here in the show notes. So by signing, you will join the Jedi mailing list and you will be invited to take action in your businesses so you can actively work on creating a more just equitable, diverse, and inclusive industry. This work is important, and I I really thank you for being vulnerable enough to do it alongside me. So as always, I want to know when you commit. So tag me in your Instagram post. You know, I'm at It's Alley Ball, or come shout it out in our Food Biz Whiz Facebook group. We have about 2,000 founders and sales managers in there, and the conversations are flowing. So find the link directly in my show notes, and I will see you in there. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you back here next week. Have a good one. Hey, Wizzes, welcome back. We are so excited to have shared this episode with you on how we can be moving forward with equity in mind. So as Ali has mentioned in a few of the past episodes, one of our podcast goals for 2024 is to feel more connected to our listeners. That's you. So please connect with us over on Instagram and LinkedIn and let us know what you thought of this episode. So we have all the links mentioned in this episode, as well as more information on the Jedi Collaborative and Cheryl's work over in our full show notes. So go check those out. Thanks for tuning in this week and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Food Biz Whiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and the tools it gives you for growing your packaged product business, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. From one small business owner to another, I am deeply grateful for your support of this podcast, and I appreciate it when you share it with your fellow food founders, share it on social media, or leave me a review on your listening platform. Ready for more? Find out how we can work together at foodbizwiz.com. I'll see you right back here next week.